Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt people's feelings. Please remember to rate, review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes app, uh, on Google Play, on SoundCloud. I don't know what it is that you do on Spotify, but please do that. And if all else fails, you can Google me, bitches, because we number one on the list. And when I say we, I'm talking about Will, I'm talking about Jay, I'm talking about the podcast in the cloud. You know all that good shit. Thank you for being the most humble host that you can be. See, I got charged up right before I got into the intro, so now I got to bring it bring it back down. So, Oh, yeah. Got you, got you, got you, got you. I told my shrink life is anyway, crazy. He say life is crazy. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. Uh, I guess we could start off the, the, the show on a positive note. Uh, how was your uh, Halloween weekend? Was- I'm hoping that was a positive... Oh no no it was it was cool um got out uh went to a couple of spots I had told you about um went to one place called Camp North End it was a little dead but again it was a Halloween night and it's not really a Halloween atmosphere but it, what it has is like a lot of it's like a warehouse district that they turned into shops and restaurants so there were some restaurants and the, most of the shops were closed by the time we got out there. And then, since that was there, we went to Ink and Ivy in Uptown. And it was a wait, but, you know, good drinks. It I would compare it to, like, a prospect kind of place without bottle service. When you say it was a wait, it was a wait to get in or a wait to get drinks? A wait to get in. And, oh, and wow. it's And it's only a wait because there's so much social distancing going on that the tables are spaced out. And it's like, okay, you really got the room, but because you have to social distance you can't you know fill this thing up like you want to oh so y'all extra extra out there man i'm telling you dog halloween actually the halloween night actually gave me hope like it was it was pretty turned up out here like i swear as soon as the sun start creeping start creeping away bro i seen all kind of little ghouls and goblins just all over the streets man it was you know kids was they was out and you know it was it was actually you know People like to correlate Halloween with like Satanism and shit like that, but it was pretty nice to see people being out and joyous. You know, as ironic as that always is when you think about Halloween, but uh, I saw some interesting costumes and uh, you know got got out a little bit that night. It, it was cool, man. It was it was actually it was nice to see. You know, I was um I was like this is at least one of the higher points of the year. You know post lockdown i mean pre-lockdowns but yeah my Man, only yeah. the only thing that i the only goal i had to achieve on that saturday was to listen to ghetto boys my mind's playing tricks on me and i achieved that goal gotta listen to my playing tricks on me especially when halloween to. actually does fall on a weekend dog you, you got, got to. to dog and it's funny because i actually accidentally heard it and i didn't even think about it until it was actually on mm-hmm. so yeah, my mind playing tricks on me. That that was that was perfect. I, I think I think no matter what was going down, as, as shitty as life may be for a lot of people these days, they definitely were going to achieve that moment of you know that high moment. And I really feel like it was like no, y'all not about to take this Saturday Halloween away from us. Yeah. Straight up, that's how I feel like a lot of a lot of Texans probably felt. Uh, you know, I see Charlotte is you know, like I said they they going above and beyond to uh to virtue signal but uh at the end of the day 
Well, see, it's, it's, I, it's good. I understand a business in Uptown playing by the rules. If you get closer, for, uh, further away from down the downtown area, the heavy populated areas, I'm pretty sure they would be a little, a lot more laxed. But when you uptown, it's a lot of authority around, a lot of a lot of snitches. A lot of snitches. You you're gonna have to play by the rules. It just is what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll still I'll I'll still make plans to come out there that weekend. I mean, I already got the time off, and like I said, I haven't I haven't been through the streets of Charlotte before, so it's you know it'll be a it'll be a fun thing to do to explore um, your new your new home. It it'll be it'll be fun. I'll, I'll I'll make I'll make it work. You know, regardless of whoever shows up. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey man, I, I saw something man that was that was real interesting. Um, there's this Japanese myth that I had stumbled across, and I thought it was like it was wholesome. So thinking about positivity, they they there's a belief in Japanese culture that your face is the face of the person you loved in your past life. My face pretty crazy. is the face yeah. of the person I loved in the past life. Like exactly or they're like characteristics and like similarities. Exactly, I guess. Interesting. I mean everybody has a doppelganger, I guess you could say. Yeah. I told you about the guy in Mississippi that has my exact same name, right? I think you talked about it on the podcast, but I don't remember it. What happened? Yeah, um, I have one. That name is interesting to have. Exactly. And to have first and last is crazy. Wow. I had went to Discount Tire and I had bought some tires. And like the next, I bought them on a Saturday. And like on that Monday, I got a call from Mississippi randomly. And I answered it. And it's the guy's wife. And, you know, she's telling, she's trying to figure out who I am and everything like that. And she says, well, they emailed my receipt to him. Cause his his email and my email are are pretty pretty close, pretty similar. Similar. Yeah. yeah. And so they emailed, and she's. I was like, oh wow, that's crazy. And she was like, yeah, I was wondering who he's in Texas buying tires for. It's like shit. He could have came and bought these motherfuckers. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> Which car was it? Say, man, why you why you do me like that? <laughs> you can put some whole music over it. It it, it, it definitely wasn't beep. this car. It had to be the Challenger. Okay. It had to be the Challenger. Okay, okay. Oh yeah, you you told me that before. Uh, damn, she. I guess all y'all Javius, y'all Javiuses are are trash. Pretty so, much. Um, so she definitely was uh, skeptical about that purchase. You know, he must have been out there being a thought before. <laughs> just, just saying, bro. Like that is interesting. I mean, to see what probably seven hundred, eight hundred dollars, you know, a receipt come in, and you don't see the money leave nowhere. Yeah, you might want to figure that out. You might want to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Nigga out there messing with them scrippers. Talk about some tires. They sound like James Harden. Man. But anyways, bro, um, I, I think last episode was a was pretty was pretty cool to listen to. Um, I don't know how you felt about it, but I actually listened back to it and uh there was some things that we said in there that you know, it was like, dang, I'm, I'm glad I said that. And I heard you say some things. I was like, man, I'm glad he said that. And it was just, you know, I really feel like it was one of those episodes that just further reminds me that there are, there are specific topics that we just need to stick to because we suck at other topics. Uh, so we're just going to do the same thing today. Are we, are we um, reformatting? 
I mean, technically, we just we just accepting the fact that in order to keep the attention that we get, we just need to stick to certain things because you know nobody wants to hear about other shit. Once you figure out what you're good at, you just you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I can I can agree. We've been all over the place. I can agree. Yeah, we've been all over the place, bro. Um, but yeah, uh, th- there was this one moment in last the last episode where you talked about uh, I, and it, this stuck with me for like the whole week, and I really was like, damn, like that is a good question. And you basically said something along the lines of, should should a woman aspire to date somebody that's like her father, or or I think you said something like, you know, is that what is that a woman's aim when dating a man? And um, I could have butchered that, probably said it wrong. I'm going off memory here. Uh, when you said that, I mean, what what's your perspective? What do you think? Oh, you're talking about when I said um, when women would say, would you want your daughter dating somebody like you or something like that? That's what you said. Yeah. Some, That's what you said. Some to that extent. And <laughs> my perspective on that is absolutely not. But it's <laughs> it's not for the reason that I would I would say a lot of women believe. Like a lot of women tell you that as a slight to kind of say, you know, you out here doing bad in relationships, whether you're cheating or you're lying or doing whatever, and they want you to stop and think and say, well, would you want your daughter to date somebody that's a cheater, that's a liar and something like that? And then, of course, of course, the answer is no, but that doesn't encourage me or any other man to do better. It encourages them to educate their daughter better of, of how to spot these kind of people. In yeah, in my in my personal opinion, because that takes a that takes a sense of accountability as well, because there's one level where you can say, all right, you know, I got a daughter now, I need to do better, and I need to pro- provide an example. And then there's another level, like I need to pro- provide an example of what kind of dudes not to be around. It's kind of like um, we've had this similar conversation um, when we talk about how women said say that men want to date women that are like their mom. And it's to me, it's like you look at your parents and you see traits that you do like and you see traits that you don't like. And and you take that even if, like we talk about that in parenting and we talk about that in dating. You, you mix and match what you like out of what you like and what you don't like. And you take that forward. You might like that your dad gave your mom flowers every Friday. Oh, I need my man to, you know, show some show some compassion and some, you know, nurture or whatever word you want to put on that for me but then you might see that your dad hit your mom no you don't want to date the guy that puts his hands on you but you know at the end of the day that's your dad you still love him you might lose some respect for him but you still love him and so the dad isn't setting an example of hey this is the type of woman this is the type of man my daughter should be dating but at the same time, the daughter has the, the responsibility, too, to look at, see these these things happening in her environment and say, I don't want to carry that into my personal relationship. I don't want to carry those childhood traumas forward. For sure. For sure. Like you said, be the man you would want your daughter to date. And I have heard that before. And like you said, it doesn't really necessarily make me want to change, but it does make me, I mean, like you said, I have a daughter now, so I'm, I have to be a lot more, uh, you know, sympathetic or to the fact that, you know, like, I got to teach this girl or she's going to be out here wilding because I know what I, I was that guy that, you know, would be out here wilding. So 
I, I would think the most important thing is to um, to lead lead by example, but also you need to be you need to be uh, cognizant of the fact that she's probably gonna meet a lot of trash, and she needs to be able to identify that trash. So uh, I'm gonna be me, regardless. I'm gonna be me regardless. But while I'm being me, I want my 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 child to be sharp, so she can so she can recognize danger as it comes. And we were talking about how the the girl on last episode was basically like trying to bait her parents into looking at you know, a candidate a certain way, but not realizing that like when your parental, when your parental mindset clicks on, like you go into protection mode and you want the best for your child. So if any immediate danger comes about, you're thinking totally different. You know, people don't necessarily connect politics to how they raise their children. Uh, but unfortunately in this country, I mean, that's, that's just, that's where we are. You know, I, I'm, I'm here. I hear so many stories about people that get disconnected from their parents based on political views. Uh, I think that's fucking retarded, but that's just me. But uh, either way, yeah, uh, I, I respect the whole mindset of be the man you would want your daughter to be, and I will come back with with you know, be be the be the woman you would want your son to date. You know, you know, and and that means that would take a woman leading by example too, because if a woman is out here being extremely weak or not looking, I mean, not, I wouldn't say looking out for her son's best interest because we hear a lot of that in the black community, how black moms tend to coddle their black child, black sons. And I can agree that that is, that is a danger because at the end of the day, I think a lot of black men may go out thinking that the black women they come across are going to be like that. And I, I hate to break it to you, gentlemen, you're probably not going to find a woman like your mom to that extent, especially not in 2020. What do you think? You're not. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's a progression of the times. You're not going to find a woman like your mom. You're not going to find a woman like your grandma. Like, and they, they just don't exist because they've either been hardened by life or, whatever kind of man that they've dealt with that's put them through a ringer or, or whatever, you know, whatever the causisms might be that make them approach relationships like they are. But I feel like for the most part, people our age, we don't approach relationships the same way. I think we approach relationships in a, what can you do for me attitude instead of a, what can we do for each other? A lot of times it seems like we approach relationships and say, Okay, um, this this girl or this guy has all these Instagram followers. They get all this attention. I want attention. Maybe I'm gonna get the attention that's been given to them. Or this person's financially financially sound. I need to be financially sound. Maybe they can, you know, I can leech off their financial their financial aptitude. Or maybe they can teach me something. Like it's it's nothing like oh we can come together and we can become Voltron. It's like we're still going to be these separate entities running together, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. It does. You said a lot. But um, we always talk about how modern day relationships just don't parallel old school relationships at all. And I always feel that people that go into modern day relationships with the ideal of capturing the same type of love or 
or atmosphere or feeling that their parents probably had. I think it's ridiculous now because like you just said earlier, we've progressed so much from 1980 to 2020. So I'm, I always consider myself a realist and it to be realistic, I just don't see how, I don't see what we can compare when we're, when we're looking at our parents and what they, the distractions they had and the, the trials and tribulations that they had to go through, like, I can't, I don't, I can't compare that to anything that we deal with today because I feel like social media is just so much worse. I feel like the phone distraction is just so much worse. I feel like the, the manipulation by the media is so much worse. And when I say media, I mean social media, I mean Twitter, Instagram, whatever you're on, CNN, Fox, like all that stuff has gotten to, it's mutated into something that I don't think that our parents dealt with anything like it. And I, I think, I don't really feel that they even know how to combat it. Like, I feel like they could give us some solid advice, but I still look at, I'll still look at our parents and be like, man, you ain't <laughs> seen nothing like it's, this. It's wild in these streets. It's wild in these, like, it's so wild, bro. I bumped into 50 year old women that are jealous of women in their thirties right now because of the, the, the freedom that they have compared to what they had to deal with. It's like, man, like, um, and when I say this, I mean, really like, it's like a jealousy. It's like, it's not like a, a bitterness, but it's like, man, y'all got it made. Like y'all got dudes out here just cash apping y'all money. You ain't gotta, you just gotta act like you finna give them something. They cash apping y'all money and they, they taking all out on a hundred, $200 dates. You ain't gave them nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then on the flip side, it's like, man, y'all just out here just having sex with whoever. Y'all can have abortions whenever. You know, so y'all got all these types of contraceptions. Like, man, it's it's this is what we've become. And at the end of the day, man, it's different. Like, different, different. And I and I and I not to be arrogant, I just really don't feel like the older generation. I feel like the older generation can can say, well, we dealt with some shit. But I'm still gonna look at you like, man, you ain't dealt with this shit though. This some different shit. And and for the most part, they seem to be a whole lot more cautious. Kind of, kind of to to go back to what you said, you know, with the with the whole abortions all willy nilly and and the divorces all, you know, at the blink of an eye. And I'm definitely, 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 definitely cutting this out. fault divorce became a thing like in the 50s and 60s once they implemented no fault divorce i really felt like the 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 ideal of stabilizing a marriage was almost far-fetched like you give you give a you give anybody an easy out with anything i mean most people are going to take it like i truly believe that most americans are opportunist i feel like most human beings are opportunist and it's so easy these days to build up things on happiness and the minute you're not happiness, you're like, okay, bam, I'm out. So, I mean, like, I mean, this is why we are where we are. So when you're talking about somebody having, you know, been through, you know, multiple marriages, it's, that's, that's going to be common. And I think it's really going to get to a point where it's even younger and younger. I've heard so many occasions of people, you know, breaking engagements. You know, I, I, I honestly, I hear 
I hear about that quite often. Like people be engaged and be like, you know, next thing you know, they, they just out here just in these streets. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like it happens, bro. Like it's pretty common. And I mean, don't get it, don't get me wrong. I'd rather break an engagement than have to go through the through the ugliness of a divorce, but you know that's just where we are now. Uh, any any signs of of uh, any 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 signs of unhappiness bearing its ugly fangs in a situation, people gonna dip, and and we already know that's because this is we live in a, a microwave a microwave dynamic when it comes to relationships. It's like it's in and out, it's in and out, and um, that's just something that if you cool with that then, you know, you, you play by those rules and that's on you. There's some people out there that just ain't fucking with that. Go ahead. And then, and then I think about it, it's kind of like, what's the reason not to take a chance if you can get in and out that fast? Exactly. And and exactly. see, to me, I've always thought of, you know, I'm going to measure 15, 16 times and I'm going to cut once because I don't want to get in, in and out that fast. But at the same time, it's kind of like, if you can, then what's the hurt? A lot of people playing by those rules. A lot of people playing by those rules. Everybody, I think, everybody I, think th- I think this I mean, might be the very first time I've actually looked at it the other way and been like, well, what's the hurt if I can get out of it? Because in my mind, I never think about getting out of things. I think about once I get myself in something, I'm here because I've actively made this choice to get into it. So I must be here to see it through. And, 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 I, and I, I hear that, and, but that's why I also think that the danger in modern times is the fact that people have too many options. I truthfully believe that no human being should have that many options, especially when it comes to human connection. I feel like if you limit a person's options, then I think it brings more accountability onto them. I truthfully believe that if a lot of people weren't walking around here with the mindset of shit, I got 80 people that I can go to that's in my DMS right now. That's going to give me attention and validation. Then for each person that can do that for you, that means that this this attention that you're getting from this one person, you're already looking at it as replaceable. So like you just said, there's already an out. There's like, if you don't live up to these standards or these expectations, I'm going to dip. So with, with having that many options, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the um, motivation to stay somewhere? You know, I mean, I mean, it's really that simple. And, and you can look at it from a, a positive standpoint or a negative standpoint, but even just playing devil's advocate, it's like you're nowadays you're always in that situation. I think that that's a thing that our ancestors cannot compete. They cannot, they have nothing to compare that to. It's, it's, it's incomparable. Like this is, this is different. Very These different. times are different. Like, like I, like I don't cheating has always been around. You know, infidelity has always been around. Divorce has been around for years now. Um, it's just, I actually think it's a level of easiness to it now. It's too easy. And once again, when you give somebody an easy out, what are they going to do? Why not take it? (laughs) (laughs) Why make something harder than it has to be? That's, yeah, that's, that's weird. That's weird. And once again, you can look at it both ways. You're like, well, if I'm going into a relationship and we both commit, we both know that we both have a lot of op- a lot of options. Yeah. So with that, so with, with with knowing that, what can you convince me is your motivation to stay, to to stay committed to this 
50 plus years. Are you going to have that FOMO mindset? Or are you always going to be like, well, this is where I want to be. And I feel like, um, this is the devil I know best. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick here. I'm going to stick with this. I, I think, you know, I, I think I personally said the whole, you know, stick to the devil that, you know, and you've made the comment about me and, um, at summers that we're, would you say we're traditional people living in modern times? Very sucky situation. I was listening to, um, I was listening to uh, Mike Tyson. Um, and it's still Tyson 2020, by the way. Um, look, I was listening to Tyson and Tyson was on some, like, you're not born in, you're not born in the wrong time. He was like, you're here. This is where you need to be. And I've actually said it, you know, too. I'm like, you know, you are where you're supposed to be right now, whether oh, yeah. you like it or not. 100%. But the fact, but the fact of the matter is we can't deny that our ideals don't fit with the times eventually we'll adapt because that's what humans do but it does suck to know that people like you and summers were brought up in a world where you felt like man loves woman woman loves man they get together <laughs> why you know it's it's a very simple you know cut and dry vanilla type of lifestyle that shit is complicated now because everybody wants you know people want peanut butter you know, a butter pecan. You know, people want cookies and cream. Like people want it all. People want so so many varieties that you are end up you you end up falling in the minority when you just want something as simple as vanilla. That's insane, bro. It's insane. And then eventually, a lot of that group of people that just want the vanilla, they end up con they end up conceding and they end up being in this situation where like, well, shit. If I got to take some cookies and cream, it is what it is. I don't like these cookies. I have to dig them out if I, you know, if I need, you know what I'm saying? It gets, it gets complicated. So the people that wanted that simple life now are faced with this complexity that it sucks because they weren't prepared for. And even, and even in that sentiment. So now are you reflecting a lack of patience? Because again, this is something that we've talked about with myself as well. Hey, I want this vanilla lifestyle. The cookies and cream is right here in front of me. Am I going to wait for Bluebell to restock or I'm just going to accept these cookies and cream and pick the cookies out? Like, what? what's my move? Dog, you over here looking at Bluebell, cats looking at Ben and Jerry's, man. Or, you know, they just trying to get some, you know, some old farm. There's too and many side, options. And side note, Tillamook isn't bad ice cream. Which one? It's, it's I think it's called Tillamook. I ain't heard about that one. It's not bad. Very creamy. Me and the P Towner made Sundays while she was here. I was, I was like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm blue belt to the blue belt to the boot, but no, nah, wasn't bad. I still okay, don't fuck with okay. Briars or anything like that, but okay. I, I at this point, I don't even. I'm just making up ice cream, man. I'm talking about Oak Farm. I'm pretty sure Oak Farm do got ice cream. Shit, who knows? If but, they make if they make uh, a dairy product, they probably got some ice cream. They make a dairy product. They make ice cream somewhere. Uh, look, man. I'm, I'm just pointing out the fact that we have too many options. Mm -hmm. When you got all those options, when you just want, you would just want to keep it simple. Now you got all these options. It sucks, man. And when you talk about lack of patience, think about what happens when you have, you have, you have all these options. You wanted something simple. It's yours. You want it now. Your patience goes out of the window, and then you end up putting yourself in a situation where everybody looking at you like you're crazy. It's like, man, why are you dealing with that bullshit? You could just go over there. You could just come over here. It's like, but this is what I want. 
but you're making it harder on yourself because everybody else looking at you like, it really ain't that hard. Just make another choice. But the crazy thing about that is you're just going to make another choice and now you're going to draw this situation out for a long time because now you want that with this person. You know, and it's it's a crazy cycle. And once again, I really don't think that there is a period of time where people really faced this type of, you know, epidemic. Like, it's crazy to think. Who would have thought a lot of options would, would cause so much hysteria? But it does. You, you, you talk about a kid in a candy store. You would think that a person with an adult mind can can handle a situation where they have a lot of options. But it's like, how do you truly... How do you truly gauge what's best for you when all of your options seem enticing? Because mm-hmm. me, me personally, I'm not a vanilla person. You know, um, that's obvious to see as well. But um, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> so it's like, 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 really, what do you do? And I, and I, and I don't expect an answer from you because that's a, that's a, that's a situation that you know it's it's tough in your life as well. Um, but it's tough in everybody's life because I really feel like I don't think I, this is something that I don't believe that humans are inherently good, but I don't believe that human beings want to intentionally cause harm to other people for no reason. So I think that every man, every woman out there that is in a relationship, in a marriage, they want the best for that situation. But let's be honest here. Options are a motherfucker. They a motherfucker, man. And I think above the options, it's understanding that there is always going to be something out there better. Always, 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 always. But you got to kind of cherish what you had. Like um, Big Sean said in one of his songs, um, and everything you have is everything that you're missing. So you feeling like you're missing out on things that, you know, oh, I could have had somebody that's better looking or I could have had somebody that makes more money or I could have somebody that's more popular or something like this, something like that. And you think that you're actually missing those things, but you're really not. You're right where you're supposed to be. I've said that before. (laughs) I mean, that was words of advice, basically. And I'm glad you said it again. I mean, this is where you belong. You are where you are. Handle the situation as best as you can. There is no wrong answer. That, that, that that's literally a teacher's perspective. There is no stu- there is no stupid question. There is no wrong answer. You're learning. A lot of people need to get out of this mindset of you're going to be in this situation. You're going to be that. There was even a myth that was going around like you you meet your soulmate by the age of twenty. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you ain't even explored the world yet. You, you may be a world explorer. Go ahead. You probably haven't left uh, within the three-town radius by the age of 20. Talk about a soulmate. Like, I had this conversation with this chick a couple weeks ago, and, you know, we had the soulmate conversation. I'm like, if you're looking at the simplistic com- the simplistic definition of a soulmate, then I'm going to have to tell you to get the fuck out of here because I don't believe that there is this one person that you're divinely connected to like the traditional thought of it. I think this comes from like Greek Roman era where they're like in a past life, speaking of past life again, you were basically connected to somebody damn near, you know, in an in innate life. Like the, 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 
in the womb, you know, spiritually speaking, you were connected to somebody. And then you come to this spirit realm and you come to, well, you come into earth from the spirit realm where you were connected with that soulmate and y'all need to find each other again in the real world, in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the physical world, you need to find this soulmate. Like that shit sounds glamorous and romantic as hell. Like I want that shit. But the reality is that that's bullshit. But now when you're talking about soulmate as far as there, there are going to be people that you meet that you just instantly connect with, y'all instantly vibe. I mean, I definitely believe that. Because I do believe that there are just some people out there that just have that type of energy to them. See, I like people that have that type of energy and they don't brag about it. Those are my favorite type of people. Like, I get it. Some people are extroverted. They make good friends with people. They cool people, but like, it's almost effortless. I like the people that do it in the most effortless way possible. And they're not doing it because they want to be liked by thousands of people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I vibe with those type of people. Those type of people are my soulmates, though. Mm-hmm. But I can I can hear I can feel where somebody's coming from when they feel that that gives you a a soulmate mindset. Like I got homegirls, I got homeboys that I connect with on a on a on a on many levels. But the fact of the matter is, the soulmate thing is it's it's what I would call the one itis. You know, thinking that somebody is meant for you. Everybody that gets married is with somebody they think is meant for them. And then what we were just talking about not too long ago, divorce. How do you do? How does how does the thought of divorce even come across your mind when you're with a soulmate? How does how does one itis how do you how do you have one itis for a person where you feel like you know I I found the one, but it's it's not, it's not it's not clicking it's not happening it's it's a constant fight. That doesn't sound like soulmate shit to me, personally. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> but then again, it's kind of like, you know, you get married and then you get divorced. It's like, oh, I was wrong. That wasn't the one. <laughs> they were here for a time. They were here for a season. But, you know, this wasn't the one forever. Well, why wasn't they the one forever? You know, for whatever various reasons. For whatever various reasons it ended. And also for whatever various reasons it began. Because, you know, you might you might start on some premise and then instead of accepting that person for who they are, you think this person is going to become something or you're going to be able to mold them or they're magically going to get married and y- y'all have a kid. And then that just puts everything in the perspective and makes everything whole that you were, quote unquote, missing. But it doesn't. So now it's like, OK, am I going to continue to just float down this path or am I going to make an adjustment and try to seek out what I truly need? Man, you're a hundred. You're a hundred percent responsible for yourself. You're a hundred percent responsible for your happiness, your misery. All of that is on you. You may, you may, you may come across somebody that compliments your life, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't get mad at people for trying to make things work with some for, with somebody that they feel is the one. But the reality is, that's your decision to make. There's no divine spirit or entity that is guiding your relationship. Your relationship isn't special. Nobody cares. The only body, the only person that cares about your relationship is you and that person that you're trying to have this long-term relationship with. Believe it or not, everybody else is they're just spectators. They just onlookers. You know, you do what you do. But I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, to break it to you, the soulmate thing is a myth. It's it sounds good. It sounds good, but don't forget, a lot of y'all took the Disney pill at eight, nine years old. 
and y'all still trying to y'all still trying to find your, your your Prince Charming. Y'all thinking that you're gonna find this guy that's gonna put the glass the glass slipper on your big ass feet. <laughs> that ain't happening. Like I was like, that's not happening. That that's just not reality. And I, I had this conversation with one of my homegirls because she's she was talking about you know the whole concept of the soulmate and. What if we just have that concept wrong? Like, what if your soulmate just happens to be one of your best friends? And that's just what it's meant to be. Like, y'all are just supposed to, y'all are just meant to be friends. Y'all don't hook up and y'all don't explore any kind of deeper relationship. But, you know, that's your person. That's the person that you go to with your problems. That's the person that you share your happiness with. Like, that's the first person on your mind when anything happens. And y'all may have never been intimate, may have never thought about being intimate. But still, y'all are conjoined at a different kind of level. And also, I think a lot of times your soulmate always finds their way back to you. Like that's that's that mythical part of it. But I do believe that that happens with people in life, and that doesn't have to be an intimate person. It could, like you said, that could be a that could be a homeboy. It's like, damn, he like, well, I ain't seen you in a couple of years, man. What what's the deal? Like, and 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 y'all get back together, and then life take take life takes y'all away from each other. The next thing you know, y'all coming back. It's because it's that. It's almost like that, you know, uh, uh, I want to say psychedelic string that you can't see that's like, you know, but it's there and and y'all are connected whether you whether you believe it or not. And like you said, you said, you know, the person that you go through with your problems and blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't even have to be that deep sometimes. It could be a lot more simplistic than that. It's just that person that. You just just genuinely get along with. They cross your mind a lot, and you never, you don't even realize. You're, you know, they cross on their mind. You on their mind too. Like it, it could be that simple. It really can be that simple. Like you we all, don't know. you almost like you said, you almost psychedelically feel when they're going through something. You feel, you know, it's like, man, let me check on this boy. This boy on my mind. Hey, you good, man? Yeah, you know, but this, this, and this, and this happened. You know, just like you just have that that link that you just feel. That's it, that's it, and it, and it, and it really probably doesn't go get any deeper than that. Sometimes we try to be too deep. And Everything isn't it deep. Just ain't that deep? <laughs> Sometimes it just ain't that deep. Should just be what it is. Everything, much, everything like has that. a reason, but everything ain't deep. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Um, you you asked a question, man, and and, and I, I I always you said. You might find somebody better. And I've been hearing that for so many years now. And I just really, really want to know, like, is there a universal better? Like, when you're dealing with someone, because we always talk about upgrade. But when we're talking about being in a relationship with somebody, like, I guess you can automatically say, well, my last my last relationship, I used to get abused. My girlfriend used to slap me around. Used to used to used to pinch me and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> didn't make me feel loved. And so I I went I go to the next girl. She pinches me, but she doesn't abuse me a lot. She she makes me feel a little loved. So at that point, am I upgrading? Is this person better? You know, like what's better? What's the at the end of the day? What is the best option? Because like once again, we talk about options here. When we're, we're when we're in a dating environment, like how do we know this is the best person for me? To me, I feel like that's all subjective. Like I mentioned, oh, you might say, exactly. okay, this person looks better. All right, cool. Let me go get with this person that looks better. So now that I got with this person that looks better, now they're looking at me like, 
Ugh. I need to be with somebody that looks better than him. Like, there's always these levels of subjectivity to everything. Oh, let me go with this person because they make more money. All right, cool, boom. But now they're looking at me like I don't make enough money. So now I thought I was easing my life by getting with somebody that's better with money. And here I am. They're looking at me like you need to start making more than money, more money. And they, you know, oh, you're I'm motivating you or, you know, I'm encouraging you to do better. No, I've just applied more pressure on myself to try to keep up with you. When somebody like me, when I was flipping burgers at Burger King, didn't care. They probably loved the fuck out of me. But love, then you're going to look at me like... Love the fuck out of my onion ring smelling ass when I came home. Bruh. But, they, but they're going to tell you in 2020, well, y'all just settling. You should want somebody that wants more for you. It's like, hold on. But if they're happy and I'm happy, what, what is what is more? Is this more thing? Is this more thing something that's gonna bring me more happiness, or is this more thing something that's gonna make me look cool to your friends, to your to, to society? Like, what does this more thing really do? Like, wh- why am I chasing more when, in all honesty, everything I have is everything I have and I enjoy it? You know, like, you know. And once again, that's that whole option thing. That's the whole option mindset. It's like, well, this is one option, but you need more. Like, uh, I just feel like more options are probably going to make me more stressed. Definitely. Like, what's the point? You know? Look, man, we can we can cook on this topic for another two, three hours. Uh, to, to summarize everything that I have to say, I just realized that it's really hard to enjoy things when society is constantly telling you you're doing it, doing it the wrong way. And I really hate that. That's why I feel like even for people like you and Summers, if you guys feel like, hey, this is the traditional thing that I want, then go for it. Everybody else's opinion really doesn't matter. I would just say that people need to practice People need to put privacy in practice a lot more. And, that, and I think, wait, wait, and I think wait, that's wait, one wait, thing. Wait, 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 wait. Say that one more time. I think people need to put privacy in practice a lot more. And I guess, in a way, I guess I'm just saying, you know, practice being private. Like, simple as that. Like, everything doesn't need to be broadcasted once again because nobody cares. But the thing about it is, I say nobody cares. But once you make it their business, then they're going to care. They're going to care to look. They're going to care to have an opinion. They're going to care to criticize. You put that on yourself. I, I just don't see I just don't see how a person can can desire to be in the public eye so much and not realize the toll that that takes. I was talking to my cousin, man. He had me laughing. He was like, do you understand that there are people in other countries right now that have no freedoms whatsoever. Literally they they are they they have curfews. They they don't have realistic living wages. Some of them can't even practice sexual freedom because they'll be beheaded. But then you come to America and then some person is telling you that Oh, so and so said this to you. Said this about you on Instagram, and you want to commit suicide. Like that is insane to think that 
we live in a time where you have all this quote unquote freedom. You can do so much with your life, but then you bitch, you, you're literally depressed and you're, 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 you feel like your life is going down the shitter because somebody had an opinion about you and you gave them a reason to have an opinion about you because you put yourself out there. That's ridiculous. And still that opinion is baseless. Cause you know, this one instance in time that I gave you and like the same thing we talk about with the, with the police videos, we don't know what happened before the camera started rolling. We don't know what happened when the camera went off. Here you are, you get this one frame shot of my 33 years of life in 60 seconds in a, in a Twitter rant, whatever, what have you. And now you have an opinion on me based off this one frame shot. You don't know what happened 16 years ago. You don't know what's going to happen five years in the future. But you get this one frame shot that I gave you that I, I basically threw my hands up and said, here, judge me, you know, because this is what I'm saying right now in this moment. And now since you put yourself out there and somebody actually gave you that feedback, now you heard about it. You play the game. You got to accept the rules. Uh, Bomani Jones said, people who post on social media, you're doing one of two things. you either venting or you're pretending. Honestly, in, in, in so many ways. And it's so many ways to do both those things. So many ways. That's, that's why at the end of the day, nowadays, man, the quietest person in the room is definitely the strongest person in the room. The person that the person's thought that you, the person's thoughts that you can't hear is probably the most dangerous. But then again, the person's thoughts that you hear too much can be very misleading and confuse the fuck out of you. That's why a lot of shit you just got to take with a grain of salt. Because niggas just be talking. Just to hear themselves talk. Like your boy Donnie. That nigga just be talking, bro. My man's Trumpito. That nigga Trump just be talking, bro. I be like, dog. Trump could get so far if he just was just was a lot more chill, because I'm realizing that the American the American uh, the American people. If if you if you start flexing too much, they gon' they gonna want your downfall. If you start flexing too much, they're going to want your downfall. If you start flexing too much, they're going to want your downfall. That shit is crazy. Like, it's like... Don't be the I Patriots. <laughs> Dog, America despises winners, bro. It's always been like that to the core. You have this minute group over here. They're going to jump on the bandwagon. They're going to put flags on their trucks. They're going to they gonna put stickers everywhere. They're going to wear the hats. They're going to be wilding. Cause they like, oh, y'all didn't think that this person was gonna win. They're the winner. I guessed it. We riding, and y'all gonna feel it. But that's the thing, though. When you're a winner these days, you gotta be, you gotta be fake humble. Because I mean, put it like this: Drake win a lot, but the we, the reason a lot of people really just don't hate on Drake a lot, a lot, is because at the end of the day, I mean, he, he sort of deserves it. But then at the same time, like it's not a braggadocio type of thing. It's mm-hmm. like he doing what he can do. He doing what he can do, and it, and it doesn't bother you. And he does it in a way that's you know mildly respectful. Yeah. Depending on who you are, but at the end of the day, man, America does not like winners 
when I say that, I mean winners that flex, winners that brag. That's just that's just not that's not something that is going to hold you. It's not going to hold up long. That's a terrible way to market yourself. Once you win, you celebrate and you move on. That's why you're not going to hear a lot of hate on Patrick Patrick Mahomes right now, because yeah, he's a winner, but he's chilling though. He may win again, but as long as he's chilling, nobody gonna say something, say nothing. Yeah. But if he win again, they just gonna hate on the fact that he a winner. And eventually, the hate is gonna come because what America does not like winners. He'll be the new Tom Brady. They just Brady. don't. Yeah, they just they just don't, bro. Like <laughs> America likes a good story, but at the same time, that story has to be something that they can relate to in a way. And I've been saying this for years. As relatable as Trump may be, he's still unrelatable in so many ways. You ain't got a lot of people out here that's been that's been relevant that's been relevant forty plus years. Like the dude, the dude. Every it's, it seemed like if you look at every decade in American history, Trump has been has been relevant in some way, and that's really wild because that's a long run to have for a dude that really he really doesn't have any talent. <laughs> what talent does this man have? Like, what does he do? Cause he can he do magic? At least Houdini can do magic. Can he do magic? Like, I'm just saying, bro. Like, he. I mean, he he doesn't bring. I mean, he like the Kardashians. Kardashians have been relevant for what, 12, 15 years now. Why? Honestly, why? And and to be honest with you, the only reason why do people hate on the Kardashians, Jay? Cause they stay winning. Yeah. They stay winning. Yeah, I, I couldn't what? find I couldn't find a reason. Like I'm trying to think. Like, you know, it it just it boils down to like very superficial. Oh uh, well, they just look too good, or you know, they are fake, or you know, you make something up that's very opinionated. There's nothing based on fact. Except what? they just win and they they get in these. They get they got the a long running TV show. They get all these endorsements. They have all these fans. They sell all these products. They. They're practicing generational wealth, honestly, because they just keep passing this down and passing this down. They just keep winning. <laughs> you win you win too long, too consistently, and especially if you're not the right color. They're going to get on your ass. Eventually. It's that simple. And and, and that's one thing about America that just I, I, despise, I despise so much. I, I mean, it's almost like to be envious and bitter and to be hateful is just something that it just comes with the territory out here. And to me, that's, it's, it's an ugly thing, but we put it in practice every day. It's like, bro, I get it. You don't like somebody, but why are we, why are we so quick to celebrate our hate for somebody? Like that's just some weird shit. And that's some shit that I just, I'll never rock with. But, um, have, have they figured out who are, who our next, our next corporate slave master is? I'm just curious. It's 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 looking like pedo Joe. It is gonna be Joe Biden. Okay, okay, yeah, man. A lot of people don't know how how elections work. Like you were saying off air, man. Uh, I promised myself that I wouldn't really get into that bag this episode, just based on the fact that people really don't care. Politics in America is basically similar to trying to select who the, the homecoming princess is and the homecoming king. Y- y- y'all niggas don't read. So why am I waste my time telling you what I read? Just know that at the end of the day, 
you, you, the value of the value of your vote is y'all. A lot of y'all might as well still be three fifths of, of an individual because wow. at, at the end of the day, <laughs> y'all don't matter. It, it, and I, I think the sad reality is when you live in a delusional mindset, when you live in a place where insanity is rewarded, you go on pretending as if you matter when you really don't. And my mindset throughout this whole thing is just, hey, I'm just ready to just get back to like a, 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 a some sense of normalcy just based on the fact that the Democrats are finally getting what they want. They can finally release us from hostage, <laughs> from being held hostage. Like, seriously, I've been saying that since the beginning, though, Jay. You have. I've been like, you bro. have. I'm like, bro, you got to think about the shit that Trump has beat. I'm talking about this nigga. This the guy that, before he was elected, an audio tape gets leaked where he talk about grabbing chicks by the vagina because he can do it because he rich. Yeah, think about that. He shit, said bro. he could shoot a man. On, then, on, he could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and not go to jail. And not go to jail. And bro, he still got elected. And after he gets elected, they start talking about Russian collusion, bro. And they've been trying to indict this man on Russian collusion for the past two, three years. After that, they start talking about impeaching this guy. On what grounds? I still, to this day, I don't know. I don't know. They start talking about how this dude racist. I'm talking about, I haven't, I have yet to watch a TV show or any piece of mainstream media that talks about Trump in the positive light ever. Ever. And then. They bring old funky-ass COVID-19 from, from China, bro. He said and I told you, I told you in the nice cast. I told you in Mr. Key. I told y'all niggas this in the text group. I said, bro, if they're able to pin this COVID crisis on Trump, it's over for this man. Based on the fact that they will, that it, they will manufacture this crisis in a way that will benefit, that will benefit them. And if they don't get their way, What's the next step? What I said, I said, what I told you was gonna happen if Trump win. What's the next step, Trump? What's the next step, Jay? I, I don't recall actually. They're gonna have to assassinate him, bro. They're gonna have to kill him. I can't. I, I'm sorry. It, that was the next step. You already, you already, you already killed two hundred thousand plus people and put it on this man. What's next? You gotta kill him. You gotta kill him. And then, and, and then Pence, he seemed kind of dense, so they ain't really worried about him. They know he wasn't gonna be reelectable, so. Hon honestly all week i have not seen how the old folks say nor hide nor hair of mike pence bro, nowhere in sight he don't people people don't understand politics man it, it scares me like there has never been ever in american history a squeaky clean election i'm gonna say it one more time there has never been in American history a squeaky clean election. There never will be. The Electoral College has always been a shit a shitstorm. It's always been wild. One of the most wildest elections, in all honesty. Take you back to 1869, <laughs> when black people were given the vote. Well, black men were given the right to vote. This was such a pro this was such a prosperous time for black Americans. They were given the right to vote. Do you understand that as black people were given the right to vote, their vote didn't really matter because by the time they got to the polls, they were bullied in a way, they were bullied to vote in ways they didn't want to vote. Like, 
black black Americans from the beginning, the only reason that they align themselves with Republicans, and, and this is one thing I hate about Republicans, they always try to glorify themselves or pat themselves on the back like, oh, we're the ones that freed the slaves. We're the abolitionists. Bruh, you only freed the slaves because you wanted to make them full citizens because you knew if you made them full citizens in the South, you were going to be able to make those blue states in the South red because those 3.5 million slaves that were down there were going to vote Republican. But what you didn't realize was they was going to have to go to polling places in the South. Come to a polling place in the South trying to vote trying to vote Republican. Right, right when slavery ended. You're going to get lynched. <laughs> like, you're going to get lynched. You're either going to get beat up. You're going to get stoned. You're going to get your teeth knocked out. Bro, you come, if you're in the South, post, post-abolition, you're going to vote Democrat. It's just it, it, that's always how it's been, and at the end of the day, I don't I don't I don't get mad at black people voting Democrat because Republicans really turned their backs on blacks in the South because they were like, hey, you give us the electoral votes, you do whatever you want to do with them Negroes, <laughs> just give us the electoral votes. And also, <laughs> yeah, fun fact, go ahead. Just because your state went this way, when they get to the electoral college to actually cast those votes. They can change their mind. I did not know that two elections ago. You can, you can take. Uh, I remember they they referenced something this past election. But if your state has four electoral votes and they go Republican, whoever the designees are that go there and actually cast the real votes, they can be like, you know what? I'm gonna throw these hoes the Democrat way. And when is the real vote, Jay? Don't give me the lie. It's in December. It's in December. It's it's actually in December. Um, a, a lot of y'all may not know this, and if y'all don't know this, it's actually sad. But then again, a lot of y'all are probably like 10, 11 years old. Al Gore won Florida. He won Florida. There was a recount for a reason. And after the recount, <laughs> the <laughs> recount, and after the recount, which was viewed, you were able to. They actually had election observers in there viewing the count and you know shit went in George Bush's way but we all know that that was some bullshit his brother was the governor of that state so just that being a swing state to me didn't even make any sense but yes there's no squeaky clean election to summarize everything to sum up everything I'm saying there is no squeaky clean election you niggas can pretend y'all matter all y'all want but the fact of the matter is racism is still gonna be alive Biden and Kamala Harris are not going to make your lives any better. And, hey, I hope y'all celebrate. I hope y'all get what y'all want. Um, you know, your team won. You have a new you have a new corporate slave master that's going to um, <laughs> that's going to hopefully, I guess, do do what you think that they need to do. I, I don't know. But um, <laughs> like, I, I'm serious. Like, I don't ever know what 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 people celebrate these things. Like, even it doesn't matter what side you're on. I just be sitting here like. <sighs> You're in, you're you're a working class American. At the end of the day, if you don't work, you don't eat. Like, I don't care what situation, I don't care what the politics are are heavily represented in your country, uh, well in America. If you don't work, you don't eat. It, it doesn't get any simpler than that. And if you think that your life is going to get better 
you know, because some elected politician is going to come in and, 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 and brighten up your day, send unicorns to your home, send, send rainbows out, out of his ass or whatever. I, I don't know what to tell y'all, but the fact of the matter is you don't matter as much as you think you do. <laughs> we're, we're all political we're all political pawns we're just we're political pawns and we can go on continuing to believe that you know we we're making change in the world oh the world's gonna be a better place now i hate to break it to you but uh if you can't tell me anything that has in the past 25 years that has happened that has has any really a direct impact on your life i think you're an idiot and and what gets me like I know there are some career fields that are directly tied to who the president is, like you know if you're working oil and gas when a Democrat is in office and they're trying to get on these renewable resources, it affects you. I understand stuff like that, but for the most part, the most part, I don't want to put a percentage on it because then that would show some level of knowledge, and I'm winging this you're probably not going to be affected too much. You start talking about tax hikes. Most of the people that talk about tax hikes, though you're, it, it's out of your tax bracket anyways. Can I ask you a question? You can ask me one. How does, a, how does a state like Pennsylvania that depends on fracking vote blue when the candidate that is going to be elected is talking about eliminating fracking? A state like Pennsylvania votes blue because the Democrat, he campaigns in an area that is more suburban and is more heavily populated and they don't give a shit about fracking. If you look at the map, the places where they actually do a lot of the fracking, they went red. But in those heavily populated places, those those um, cities like Philadelphia Pittsburgh, um, well, well, Pittsburgh big on steel. They they probably should have went red, but <laughs> I mean they should. Those so places went blue. So and then the, they're they're more densely populated, and they carry a lot more of the votes. And that's why I told you. That's why I told you they should randomize the electoral votes so it makes sure that everybody politics everywhere. So next time, you know, Pittsburgh only gets four votes. <laughs> That shit was strange to me. I was like, why would you vote against your self-interest? But like you just said, people in Philadelphia don't give a fuck about y'all jobs. You see how that works? Like I'm over here doing what I do. I got an IT job. Y'all making y'all live y'all making y'all livelihood off oil and gas and y'all lose y'all jobs. I don't give a fuck. That's America. That's America in a nutshell. That shit was wild to me. I was like, man, I was I was pretty certain. I was, yeah, you know. Pennsylvania, they, they, I want to say he won Pennsylvania last election. He did. Barely. And I'm like, well, you would think that he would get Pennsylvania again based on the fact that you're going against two anti-frackers. Like, they're not fucking with that shit. So now you're about to decimate Pennsylvania's economy based on the fact that, like you just said, the electoral votes, they, based on population, they didn't, they just didn't land in your favor. I mean, I get why Texas votes red because the oil, the oil and gas industry out here is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty huge. Mm -hmm. So although he barely won, it still was pretty. It was, it was still a significant reason to vote red when you, when you're in the sector. Like you, you made a good point. When I say something doesn't affect you, I mean at the end of the day. If 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 you if there's a will, there's a way. 
a lot of y'all gonna lose y'all jobs in the future. I mean, I hate to say it, based on just based on who it happens. Certain presidents come in, people lose jobs, you know, taxes and stuff like that. Yeah, you're affected in that way. But guess what? It ain't like your life is over. There are other job. There are other jobs that are gonna that are gonna bring themselves about. So once again, when I say you, it, that's that's why I mean when I say you don't really matter because at the end of the day, if you don't fall into the field where that where that president or that or those politicians have a, a vested interest, then you're fucked. You're just it is what it is. What you gonna do? You're gonna adjust because guess what? If you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> Niggas. It, it, but I'm I'm a person that shit. I I I believe in in oil and gas, but shit. You think I don't got stocks in in some in some green shit like um, charging stations and and electric cars? Shit, I'm on that already. Yeah, I know that's the future. Like like why wouldn't I be? Like that's just dumb. Like if you're not if you're not prepared to um to 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 meet like once again there was a time and place where they thought Sears was gonna be the number one you know brick and mortar store that was going to supply the nation for years and years with all kind of products. Niggas wasn't ready for Walmart. Bruh, do you understand that niggas can't imagine a world with no shopping malls? Bruh, shopping malls are damn near becoming extinct right now as we speak. Because I, I swear to God, I'd rather order up a whole bunch of shit, <laughs> let it come to my doorstep, Bruh. and send back what I don't like. Do you think a nigga that, you think 10 years ago when a nigga was getting a FedEx job that he was getting a job of the future? No. Niggas got FedEx jobs right now. Probably finna be better off than niggas in oil and gas in a few years. <laughs> That's the way the world works. And guess what? That cat with that FedEx job, he really just lucked up. He didn't realize that he was he was he was prepared for the future. That dude with the oil and gas job, he, I mean he didn't he don't he don't know what to expect. But guess what? If he loses that job and some green energy shit pop up, guess what he finna do? He finna right over there and sign the application. Got to. At the end of the day, got to do what you got to do. Because if you don't work, you don't eat. You don't work, you don't eat. But um, that's enough on that, man. I'm um, I'm gonna end off on a more positive note, and um, just shout out to you know a few of our listeners, you know that give feedback, and you know even though I may say some things that are pretty harsh, they 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 not scared to get on my ass. Yeah, I think you said something bad about TSA and Nicole got on your ass. Yeah, yeah, she did, man. (laughs) And I'm I'm gonna say this though. I'm gonna say this. And this is I'm gonna end on this note. When I when I talk about TSA in the same vein I talk about teachers, people don't have to accept this, but people I would like people to to understand the history of TSA and just to just give a quick rundown. The TSA only came about because of a manufacturer crisis. The manufacturer crisis was 9-11. Before 9-11, Argenbright Security Services was the private security sector that employed over 250,000 employees at 180 airports. The reason a lot of people know that 9-11 was manufactured was based on the fact that nine months before Argenbright sold, I mean, 9-11 happened nine months months after Argenbright sold. So after Argenbright sold, it was pretty well known that you know, shit started to get really, really weird. So that was a sector that the government had been wanting for a long time. So in order to get a stronghold on the security, in order to get a stronghold on aviation, a crisis like that had to happen. And guess who has to come in to be the hero? Yes, you guessed right. 
your government, the government that you love so much. George Bush pushed together the TSA, and now that now you have the TSA, which is a federal organization. If if I'm if I'm anti-government, which I am, if you listen to the show, you know I'm anti-government. It's like it's anti-big it government. Now I'm anti-government, meaning I, I just I'm a bit, the reason the reason I don't say anti-big government because that's some that's some Republican shit. They they say that. Me personally, I'm only anti-government based on the fact I'm anti-government, but it's in a realistic way because I know humans are stupid and I know that we need to be governed. I just hate the fact that the people that we choose to govern happen to be people that are billionaires. They happen to be untouchable. They happen to be from from royal bloodlines. I don't like that shit. So I'm anti-government in a sense of I don't think that people that are in these positions are qualified. So and I spoke with Nicole. I told her it's really an administration thing. I know for a fact that the people that are at the head of at the head of um, at the head of TSA, shit, they might as well put put Nicole at the head of it. Why not? She's just as qualified as them. These people are only in those positions because they was rubbing elbows with other politicians. I don't like that shit. But at the end of the day, with with knowing that, I, it automatically puts me in a mindset of if the people at the top don't give a shit, it's gonna be it's gonna reflect. It's, you're gonna see it in the people at the bottom. And a lot of people, like I said. They have dealings with TSA agents that aren't the most pleasant. And mm-hmm. that's because TSA agents, just like teachers, they get a lot of leeway. They can get away with a lot of shit. But TSA didn't come through and save the world. TSA came about to put a, a stronger hold on aviation. And ever since that came about, we can say, oh, there hasn't been any any uh, bomb threats and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's because all the bomb threats we had were political. They were staged. <laughs> there were inside men in the, in our own government that were a part of that shit. And yeah, this me saying this shit might get me assassinated, but it's worth <laughs> it's worth saying. Y'all all know this. Mm-hmm. Y'all all know that 9/11 was a manufactured crisis, just like thousands of other events that have happened before then. So yeah, when I talk shit about TSA, I'm not talking about shit. I'm not talking shit about the individual people in TSA because I feel like those people are just doing the best job they can. But at the same time, you have shitty administration. It's gonna reflect. What what do they say about the head and the, the snake? The head of the snake. Uh, the head of the snake and the tail is some shit. Cut cut the head cut the cut cut the head off and the tail will follow. Something like that. I, I, I really I really feel like administration. A lot of these government entities is just a it's just it's a brainless snake. So if you follow in somebody brainless, what you gonna do? You gonna do some brainless shit? It's there are individuals. I mean. We talk shit about cops in this country every day. You know why? It's a lot of sheriffs that get elected. It's that don't give a shit. They're not even qualified for the job. They just suck some suck some other politicians dingling, and here we are. <laughs> now we follow. Now we following this. Now we following this good for nothing sheriff, and it reflects with the other people. It, it reflects in the in the in the in the in the force. A bunch of shitty motherfuckers trying to police or trying to serve and protect the area they don't give a shit about because their sheriff doesn't give a shit about it. The head constable doesn't give a shit about it. So on and so forth. So yeah, that's that on that. But either way, I, I appreciate the feedback. I, I don't bite. I don't bite, bro. I, I love it, man. That makes that lets me know that I'm saying something. Because if, cause, cause if I ain't saying nothing, y'all ain't saying nothing. But if I'm saying something, y'all gonna say something. So I see what you thank did Thank you there. and you're welcome. <laughs> um... Yeah, words of advice, bro. 
I do got I do got some um, up my sleeve, and it kind of goes back to something that you said earlier, and you know something we briefly talked about. Um, not every ounce of life needs to be digitally documented. Again, <laughs> not every ounce of life needs to be digitally documented. Sometimes those the greatest moments are the ones that aren't for social media. And people just don't realize that because we're in an era where you have to be seen. You have your, your pain has to be seen. Your happiness has to be seen. And sometimes you just need to tuck that shit in. If you if you win in private, can't nobody tear you down. That's 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 real shit. It's the truth, though. It's the truth. Um, honestly. I'm going to just keep mine simple and just say never cry for the same reason twice. Ooh. And that's really all I got to say. Like, you know, I know we spoke on some things earlier that it's like, I know you'll go through some shit with people, but um, I really feel like nowadays you just have to realize that some shit just ain't worth putting, you know, some shit just ain't worth putting up with and I'm not saying I always make a fast exit, but um, if you if you catch yourself in a situation where you're trying to figure out if the person in front of you is a, a onion that you're cutting, then uh, maybe you need to reevaluate your situation. So, yeah, never cry for the same reason twice. And um, once again, I, I always uh we we appreciate the feedback. Uh, if if you if you're on SoundCloud and you're seeing this, make sure you click that follow button. Make sure you repost. If you're on iTunes, hey, leave a leave a one star rating, leave a five star rating, leave a rating though. And um, if you're on Spotify, I seriously don't know what you do there, but please do that. And don't forget, Google me, bitches. Hey, this is um, top. We only got four episodes left after this. Oh, so this is 196, right? Uh, or 195. 195. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah, we might have to just stretch it out so. Uh, 200 can end up on your on your birthday weekend absolutely not i know i know that'd be I wanna, terrible i want to be, be done with terrible. this foolery <laughs> i know i know i know it's been a it's been a fun ride man it's been a fun ride 200 is gonna be magnificent i think i think we need to try to get some people on it's been hard though man people are so busy but then again people just don't like us too so yeah yeah Anyways, I don't know. We we yeah, might we might Sean, we might figure some shit out and have some people call in. No, no, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, if you're out there listening, man, if you're still alive, man, um, hit us up, bro, and we'll hit you up too because we know the phone works both ways. And that's for all y'all out there that don't fuck with us. Remember, phone works both ways. So I didn't ghost you. You didn't ghost me. We just ain't talking to each other, and that's okay. And with that being said, this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. Thank you for listening. But, ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?